I'm Rebecca Lair. And I'm Amy Choi, and we are the Mashed Americans, where kimchi and tortillas at Thanksgiving dinner is totally normal. Uh, yeah, of course it is. Shouldn't kimchi and tortillas be at every meal? That is the truth, <laughs> and they are definitely at our Thanksgivings. Well, so I have a Thanksgiving question. Does it count if I outsource Thanksgiving? <laughs> like, as in my family goes to other people's houses and my job is to order bougie pies from a pie place in Brooklyn? Um, yeah. That's actually the most American Thanksgiving you can have. <laughs> okay, okay? Oh, good. Okay, it's just good. basic economics, supply and demand situation. Someone's making something really well, and you have the money to pay for it. So instead of trying to make it yourself, you buy it. Excellent, because then I don't feel like I'm going insane, and I feel super American. Fam, the holidays are officially upon us, and we're talking holiday etiquette. What do you do when you're boycotting the NFL, but your whole holiday tradition is about football? How do you not make a fool of yourself your first time at a black church when you grew up as a Mexican Catholic? Subscribe at applepodcast.com slash mashup and get all the answers. So Thanksgiving is coming up, or as some of us say, Sangiving. Sangiving, when we celebrate the patron saint of Pavel. What's your favorite part of Thanksgiving, Rebecca? Okay, so you know I love a prayer, but this is my only regularly celebrated holiday where there's just no prayer. Because it's not a Jewish holiday. And most of the holidays that I celebrate are Jewish. Like, I love participating in other people's holidays. But this one isn't Jewish. And it's also mine. And the cool thing, right, is that it's also yours. Yeah. I mean, growing up, my family celebrated Christmas and Easter and Fourth of July. But we still always had Korean food. Like our Fourth of July barbecues, which we had a barbecue. But it was all like bulgogi and kalbi. Whereas Thanksgiving, even though we had kimchi and white rice and panchan on the table, we always had turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce out of the can with like the little ridges. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know there was another kind of cranberry sauce. I I think there's something interesting (laughs) about the sort of performativeness of Thanksgiving, like performing American for so many mashups. It's... It's not in a bad way. You're not performing it externally, right? Right. It's only at your house. This is so exciting. This is American tradition. What is it? I saw on a TV show. There's a turkey. Something orange. There's cranberry stuff. There's stuffing. (laughs) And so like you're like, well, I guess I'll buy the box of stovetop stuffing. BT dubs. I still love that stovetop stuffing. It's science. It's it's so good. (laughs) They they cracked the code. Like, I love that Thanksgiving is one of those holidays where you can remake or redefine it every year and you can even redefine like who sits around your thanksgiving table like there's not like a friend's christmas or like a friend's passover but you definitely have friendsgiving i spent many years across the country for my family they were in los angeles and i was in new york and on the east coast so i got this opportunity to kind of tour all of my friends american thanksgivings and they were all sort of different whether it was going to the suburbs of chicago to my best friend mega's indian family's thanksgiving or catholic friends in upstate new york i got to see the kind of venn diagram of americanness All of which started at 3 p.m. All dinner started at 3 (laughs) p.m. Yeah, so this is one holiday that we all do share, even though it has different presentations. And that is incredibly powerful. It's ours. 
If you need a little Thanksgiving cooking inspiration, head to our site, mashupamericans.com. We have so many recipes on there, including Paige's Chinatown soy glazed turkey, Nishta's bourbon pecan pie, Freya and Natasha's cornbread sticky rice stuffing with sausage and sriracha, and even some ideas for leftovers. Turkey kanji, anybody? Get it all at mashupamericans.com. Well, there is one Thanksgiving celebration I would love to be bringing pie to, and that is our friend Nishta Maras in Pearland, Texas. Nishta is a first-generation Indian-American mashup who grew up in Memphis. After Nishta's dad died, Veena, her mom, moved from Memphis to be closer to her. They celebrate Thanksgiving together with Nishta's wife, Jill, her son, Shiv, and a bunch of friends and in-laws. So Thanksgiving comes soon after Diwali, the biggest holiday of the year for Hindus like the Maras. Diwali is on a lunar calendar, and while the exact date changes every year, it's always just a few weeks before Thanksgiving. Diwali is Nishta's favorite holiday for its spiritual meaning, but Thanksgiving is a very close second. Veena lives down the street from Nishta, and they have tea every afternoon after Nishta, who is the teacher, comes home from school. So we drink chai, but like black tea with cardamom is my jam. I make it at home, but when she makes it, it's better. I don't really understand why. So we asked if we could eavesdrop while they made their tea and talked about why their Thanksgiving traditions, right down to a very pink, frothy fruit dish, won't ever change. When did we start hosting Thanksgiving at our house? As soon as you were born, I think. I was born the day before Thanksgiving. Yes, and that was a very thankful day for me, yes. I had a very hard time conceiving, and then I had two miscarriages before you, and we had given up all hope of ever having a child. You know, I was married 15 years when you were born, so that was a long struggle. That is how, why Thanksgiving is so special to me, I guess. I'm not guess that is the reason it is so special to me. I have very fond memories of, well, of course, your stuffed mushrooms, which is still part of the Thanksgiving for us. Yeah, and you won't let me change the recipe even now. I want to try different things, but you no, won't let Thanksgiving me. Thanksgiving <laughs> is not a time for experimentation, woman. Like, this is when we, I want my beloved classics, right? Okay. Like, I don't think I really helped you with anything until I was maybe in high school. Like, I remember going with Dad to volunteer. Yes. And then you just did, like... Yeah, I wanted cooking. you all out of the kitchen. I just wanted you out of the house, yeah, let alone the right. kitchen. Yes, yes. yes. Inshallah, Auntie always made the turkey. And majority of people still were vegetarians, you know, including myself. Um, but you kids would have not even showed up if we That's weren't. <laughs> if we, we didn't have turkey and dressing. None of you all would have found some you know, reason to go to movie. Fluffy salad. Yes. So this is one of those like classic super southern things where you're like, someone got drunk and made this recipe. <laughs> so it's pink. It's so. It's- that was like the whitest person thing at our Thanksgiving was that cranberry fluffy salad. A lot of Indian food, especially the Bali, like the Bali is supposed to be, like you said, your best dishes, like more elaborate cooking, more involved. And by, in contrast, like cooking Thanksgiving seems real, is easy. Like Jill says that all the time. She said, I don't know why people so fuss about Thanksgiving cooking. It's a breeze. I don't know. I've never cooked turkey, so I can't say it's a breeze, but. Mashed potatoes are not hard to make. Like, I just think. I guess Thanksgiving is just more low-key. And also, it's non, It's not a religious holiday. It's It just fits with everybody's beliefs, you know. You just have to be thankful. Everybody for, can find, find something, something to, thankful to be thankful for, for yeah. It, when you're around friends and family and you're feeling warm and good, then being thankful just comes 
even if you have been through a whole lot before, then that day just feels like, you know, you're thankful that so many people who love you around you, you know. I think for me as a first-gen kid, Thanksgiving always felt like it really encapsulated my experience because here we were doing all the traditional foods, you know, there was no nothing Indian in sight, right? Um, except for people. Except for all the people <laughs> yeah. who Indian. And so it was kind of like, yeah, this is my life. I guess I took over hosting stuff when you moved here when Shiv was born. That's true. So it's been five years now. Does that, is that weird? I know we do things really differently. And so like you have to come over to my house and um, I don't let you in my kitchen just like you don't let me in yours. You won't let me wash dishes either. I won't let you wash dishes. I don't know if you've gotten used to it. but I haven't gotten used to it. I know. Does that feel strange that it's now like, on my... No, it doesn't feel strange, but it feels strange that you're already worked so hard and let me clean the dishes, woman, but you won't let me do that. And, you know, I, let me do I think this. for me, it's partly a proving ground, just like I watched you do that. And I watched all of my aunties like host these amazing parties and dress up in these saris and like be badasses in their profession and raise amazing kids. And I kind of want to join that club, you know, like I want to prove that I can hang with the aunties and... I never minded working hard myself, you know. I've had a career. I was not a stay-at-home person, you know. But, you know, being a woman, you always end up having double the work. You know, I worked and I came and did then. But I, I didn't mind working so hard and be tired. But when you do it, it still bothers me. Why does my child have to work so hard, you know? Go talk to your friends. Let me clean the dishes, but you won't let me do I that. I mean, I learned it from you. So I guess. You only yeah. have yourself to blame here. I guess, you know. Get, get but I didn't have my mama here, see? Yeah. I didn't have my mama. Maybe I'll let you do some dishes this year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that can be a compromise. Let her do the dishes, Nishta. I can't actually imagine Clara doing dishes at all because she's one. <laughs> she's more just throwing things on the ground. Yeah. But if I have to admit that one day she'll grow up, then yeah, I totally get it. It's one thing to do all the hard work as the mama, but you just can't stop wanting to protect your kid. Yes, but that also doesn't mean you're going to share the kitchen. So respect. Nishta knows what she's talking about. She has written about food and family many times for us on MashUpAmericans.com including a recipe for bourbon pecan pie that would be very perfect for Thanksgiving. All right, so I definitely want to eat Anisha's table, but there's one other Thanksgiving table I want to just take a little peek at or maybe taste from. It belongs to our friend, Francis Lamb. Francis is a cookbook editor, guest judge on Top Chef. He's the host of The Splendid Table, the iconic food and cooking show on public radio, and also our podcast cousin. Um, we couldn't wait to hear what flavors Francis has on his Thanksgiving table. But first, we had to find out, how does this food dude mash up? I am a Chinese-American, New Jerseyan, new father, writer, editor, and talker. Good hyphens. Um, what do you do for Thanksgiving that your parents never did? You know, I will actually eat turkey. It's not my favorite part of the holiday. It's not the thing that I feel like that's what I got to have. But my parents would just never eat turkey. They're like, why would you do that? Why would you torture yourself? There's no point. Um, but I'm like, I'm cool. I'm down with the turkey. But I'll like sous vide my turkey, which is kind of like annoying and... <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not Hong Kong Chinese, but having spent a fair amount of time 
in Hong Kong, I can see why your mom would be like, no way. Why would we do all this when you can get a duck? <laughs> yeah, um, I need a duck. So, yeah. <laughs> um, what dish makes Thanksgiving Thanksgiving for you? You know, I don't have that dish. For me, Thanksgiving really is about the day. You know, obviously growing up, like we had Thanksgiving in my family, but but it never felt like a special or different day on the table, at the table together. Um, the memories that I have from a Thanksgiving dinner in the sort of quote-unquote traditional American way are ones that I've always spent with, you know, friends in college if I didn't go home for Thanksgiving. Oh, you know, I had, mm-hmm. I've had lots and lots of Friendsgivings. And if friends were just kind of sticking around and, you know, one of them was going to bake their insanely boozy, all get drunk in three bites, um, Jack right. Daniels chocolate pie or whatever. Like Wait, Thanksgiving that is about that. so not a mashup thing, right? <laughs> that and like bread pudding. No, bread pudding is super mashup because you know what it is? It's like we can't throw anything out. Yes, <laughs> that's actually, thank you. Very good point. Did that um, kind of experiencing Thanksgiving at the tables of so many different people, like, did that give you a different experience of, like, the Americanness of the holiday? I use them, I just made air quotes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it did in that there's a form, right? And we all understand the form. Lots of starch, lots of pureed starches, right. <laughs> lots of overcooked vegetables. Every, you can eat Thanksgiving with no teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not ageist. You know, like, every age from newborn to, you know... It's a very old, can enjoy the Thanksgiving meal. And, you know, and there's a big old honking, dumb, dry bird in the middle. (laughs) Um, But even within that form, it was always amazing to me to go to people's homes and see how individual it still was, Mm -hmm. right? It's this idea of, um, you know, to your point of like, oh, we make culture every day. But culture is funny because culture is like a conglomeration of ideas that sort of average out into this thing that we call the culture. But Mm -hmm. every living person in that culture interprets it and realizes it in a different way, right? right? So, um, like, you know, I might go to a friend's home and, like, their huge thing was the stuffing. And, like, all anyone really cared about was the stuffing in that home. And then another friend's home was, like, no one really likes the turkey, but we all love the dark meat. So, like, they'd go and roast, like, four extra turkey legs, you know? You know, and it was always fun to see how people would make the holiday traditions their own. And, of course, then you go into people's homes where, you know, they might be sort of more connected to a culture from an origin country or something like that. And, you know, then you start seeing, like, the ginger scallion sauce on the table. Right. Or, like, I might bring the ginger scallion sauce, and people would be like, that's weird next to the gravy. And next thing they'll be like, can I take the rest of the bottle? Yeah, Uh, exactly. That's the only thing that salvages the turkey. (laughs) the ginger scallion sauce. Well, so we wanted to do a little show and tell. Today we have each brought something from Thanksgiving past and present to share in the studio. And it's a beautiful array. As you might imagine, none of it has green or any fresh vegetables (laughs) connected to it. Um, But, you know, First, let's ask you, Francis, what did you bring to represent your uh, Thanksgiving past? Well, I did bring that little beautiful tin mm-hmm. that it, came out of my spice cabinet. I'm just going to read it for you guys. It says, gourmet powder. Francis's note <laughs> on the top, in case the gourmet powder wasn't clear enough, says, the good stuff. So this is a little tin of MSG. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm taking s- shots of it right now. Yeah. We actually don't use MSG in my home that much, but... We ate Chinese food growing up on Thanksgiving. Even when we started getting to incorporating more um, things like the turkey and things like stuffing, 
the meal would still be fundamentally like structurally Chinese. We always had a bowl of white rice for everyone. There'd still be like stir fried vegetables. So if I'm going to my aunt and uncle's house, usually like, you know, the spread is still like tons and tons of Chinese food that they'll order in from a local restaurant and they'll still roast the turkey. You said your your parents weren't that into turkey. When did it become a part of your life, your fa- the <laughs> lamb family tradition? Well, OK, so I'm the firstborn. I was born and raised in the United States. My parents came here in the early 70s. You know, they weren't raised with this tradition. And I was raised going to school with kids who were, you know, and we were one of the only, if not the only Chinese or even Asian family in like that I knew of, certainly in my school when I was growing up. And so I always felt pretty self-conscious about it. I was mm. different. I was weird. Um, you know, I got, got ching chong a lot. Yeah, I had friends and stuff. But like, I remember thinking, man, I wish we would eat the food that everyone else ate. So every year, I would, you know, for Thanksgiving, I would ask my mom, "Can we have turkey? Can we have turkey? Can we have turkey?" And she's like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like we can eat a chicken. Chicken's pretty delicious. Yeah. We can eat duck. Duck is really delicious. But like, it gets less delicious, you know, the more you get towards turkey. <laughs> you know, like there might be a whole array of birds we would do. We're Chinese. We'll eat anything that like moves, right? But like, but turkey, we might draw the line. You yeah. Know? Like, but I would beg and plead, beg and plead, beg and plead, and finally one year, my mom said, "Hey, I got turkey." I was like, <gasps> Oh my gosh, she and did then, it. She, she understands me and right? I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be like the other kids now. <laughs> and she opens up the oven, you know, in, said I'm warm. So she's pulling out all the food and like there's rice and there's the vegetables. And like it's looking suspiciously like another Chinese dinner. <laughs> and then she pulls up this platter and she's like, here's your turkey. And she went to the supermarket to the deli counter. <laughs> and bought like a half pound of sliced turkey. I love that so much. I just and warmed and the, it up for I, me. I'm nodding my head. That is the best. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what I'm trying to figure out is, was Mama Lamb like, "Gotcha"? <laughs> no way. Mama Lamb was like, "This is turkey. I'm not gonna eat it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just get a quarter pound of it. I don't need to get a whole thing. I gotta cook it. This is great." And you know, in a funny way, like that's sort of what America was about. For yeah. them, right? Like they came to America for economic opportunity. They came to America for bounty. They came to America and walked into stores where you can get literally any food you want. Yeah. And that's amazing. And like, somebody else is... will slice it and package it for you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do any work. You just go to yeah. the deli counter. You know, so in a, in a really sort of profound and poignant way, like as ridiculous, and I love telling that story because it's hilarious. It's the yeah. best. It's like such a, it's such a my mama's from somewhere else story. <laughs> but. You know, later on, I started to realize, like, no, they're actually, like, that really was what America was to them as well as to me. Yeah. You know, the other thing I brought was uh, spaghetti and meatballs. Also very traditional Thanksgiving. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Like, I loved going to Pizza Hut when I was a kid. And back then, Pizza Hut actually had, like, spaghetti and meatballs. Mm. That was a sit-down restaurant. Yeah, and boy, I love Pizza Hut spaghetti and meatballs. (laughs) So we went on vacation, and my mom bought a takeout container of spaghetti and meatballs. Brought it on the plane, got to where we were staying, heat up the oven, and dropped it on the table for me. And I was like, turkey, turkey, we're, we're not even at home with this game. What kind of animals are we? <laughs> Spaghetti meatballs. <laughs> Everything is okay. Um, yeah. Your Wait mom up. is so smart. Yeah, mom, mom had survival tactics. <laughs> well, you guys, how many airplane flights where there are a lot of mashups flying are full of food that will be reheated at the next location no because doubt. Of, I mean when I go to El Salvador and come back from visiting family 
all of the compartments on the top mm-hmm. are filled with pollo campero. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, oh my god, I was just gonna say, oh my god, there's this amazing chicken chain that opened in Queens. <laughs> the Salvadoran one? Yeah. Because pollo campero. Actually, the other day I was flying when I was flying back, the flight attendant, as if there's an airline rule about the chicken. <laughs> that's how many people are bringing the chicken. She's like, you need to put your chicken below the seat. <laughs> in fact, because you know it, it it drips and it takes up too much space. I'm like, that's actually true, but I'm sure that's not an official airline rule. All right, well, so, Rebecca, what did you bring for show and tell? Well, to represent my past, I brought um, marshmallows. Um, (laughs) It's because, again, in this idea of, like, what American food was, it felt like we were learning it a little bit from TV, like maybe from Mr. Belvedere, although he wasn't American. Um, (laughs) Sweet potatoes with uh, marshmallows melted on top, Mm -hmm. which was not at all anything in my family would ever, ever eat, but it is so delicious, and I would eat it at other people's houses when I was going to other sort of white American friends' homes for, for Thanksgiving. And so it still really represents it to me, and I have pushed my family to now start integrating it into our food. <laughs> I think that's good. But I also see in our show and tell we have like a, a $20 baguette and like a $40 butter. <laughs> Uh, so I am married to an incredible man and his family who are not not Jews, let's just say, <laughs> and they also are foodies. Those are two separate things, but those are two truths about them. But somehow, <laughs> they are very often prosciutto and butter infused turkey things. So it'll be like, let okay, this Can one. Can get some like shellfish You take in there? the, yeah, it's just like, the traif trifecta. <laughs> that is exactly right. So it's like, first of all, the Thanksgiving wasn't at my parents' house. So <laughs> right. let's start there. And everybody knows prosciutto is delicious. So a- absolutely, it's an American, it's not a Jewish holiday. Everybody can eat pork. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. That's how I have integrated my, my there's part of my mashup represented. What about you, Amy? What'd you bring? Um, I brought white rice because Thanksgiving past, present, or really even current, I would say there's still some form of rice product on the table, though probably not just plain steamed white rice, which is what we had growing up, because 80% of the food that we ate was Korean. It was only like outward facing meals in which I ate American food. So like I would have like soup for breakfast or with like a little bit of rice, like a very traditional Korean breakfast. And then dinner was always Korean food. But like I would get like Oscar Mayer sandwiches for lunch, like at like in front of white people. But like all the food that wasn't Korean was all like terrible. It was like Chef Boyardee. (laughs) It was our big treats were like on Sundays we would get Subway sandwiches and chips. Because, like, that was Sunday. Di- it was also delicious. I'm yeah, just gonna I'm say sorry. That, you know? And don't be like, you can only have a, you know, six-inch one. I'm like, no, no I need I a foot, foot long. long. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So for my um, Thanksgiving past, I have, and current, I have white rice. And um, we have a, a bag, because this is how they come, of instant buttered mashed potatoes. <laughs> we didn't know how to make mashed potatoes. We didn't eat potatoes, so like we had to eat it from the bag and also we had to have mashed potatoes cuz that's what people do on Thanksgiving. Yep. So, it's all just like very white mushy food as we discussed Thanksgiving is for for everybody. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. Um we have talked a lot about the food. I would like to know like what are you grateful for this year? Oh man. Um well, it is 2017. Hmm. So uh, I'm grateful that we're still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. 
Hope we still are when this airs. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess the maybe is either can apply to both. We're still we're here. We're grateful for every moment that we're here. Yeah, and <laughs> can apply to maybe I'm grateful for that. <laughs> you know, like I mentioned before, I'm a, I'm a pretty new parent um, and still getting a hang of the whole parenting thing. But one of one of the things that means to me is, you know, it's weird to be in such uh, an unsettled time and it's really weird to be in a time where it does feel like every day you're hearing news that, um, you know, the country is irrevocably divided or, um, yeah, just how awful or scared or just freaked out I feel. I also know that every single night when I get home and I open the door, and I hear her go, Baba, Baba, and she mm-hmm. runs over to me. Like, there is no purer joy. Except maybe sitting down and watching her shove food in her face. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's the more pure joy. So I am thoroughly grateful for my daughter, for my wife. Um, be such an incredible partner, an incredible parenting partner. Um, yeah, it's one of these moments where like the world feels so big and scary that the things closest to us feel so much more important. I'm ever more grateful for th- those people. Well, I'm crying, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> oh boy, you were really crying there. Uh, I think actually Lizzie edited out the ugly crying that followed that. I was having feelings. <laughs> really were. I'm just really bringing my whole self to everything that we yeah, do. Yeah, Francis was surprised. Um, but what he said, that when things outside are so hard and even scary, the people closest to you mean even more. So big hugs all around. Well, if I can be Linus here for just a moment on this great mashup Thanksgiving special... I think the lesson here is that what makes Thanksgiving is whatever people you choose to be with. You make the table, you choose what's on it. All that matters is that you're gathered together, eat something delicious to you, and love your people. Yes, and we love you, fam. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, tell a friend, go to the Mashup Americans on Apple Podcasts, NPR One, or wherever you jam out. So that's it for this week. The Mashup Americans are me, Rebecca Lair. And me, Amy Choi. Our producer is the great Lizzie Jacobs. Shout outs, music this week by DJ Rob Swift and A Lot Moment. And check out Francis's show, The Splendid Table, wherever you get podcasts. Our show is produced by American Public Media and Southern California Public Radio, KPCC. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. 